0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full time fantasy. Full time fantasy.
1: It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Friday afternoon as we get set for week six, which kicked off last night, and there's a lot to get to today. A lot of breaking news will happen during this show, so we will cover it and let you know exactly what is going on with your fantasy football team. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Ronis on the gram at Aaron88. You can check out my work at fulltimefantasy.com. My Week 6 Deep Sleeper article is up. You can check it out right now on the site. We have our Fantasy Football Stockwatch article, our Start Sit article, as well as our Week 6 projections. You can also find our DFS articles up on the site. Check out the Optimizer as well. Uh, we got you covered for NHL, NFL, and of course, NBA coming up as well. We getting some NBA questions on the message boards and forums. so. Uh, can help you out there as uh, the season close to beginning. Uh, We're October 22nd. We're almost there. Got a fantasy basketball draft next weekend. But for all your football questions, head on over to the message boards and forums. And uh, this is probably going to be a tough weekend, a busy weekend, a busy Sunday morning, because it looks like we're going to have a lot of game time decisions, a lot of players being added to the injury report. So it's going to be a dicey week. So that's why we're here to help you get through it. Uh, and I think this is definitely a weekend where you're really going to have to wait until Sunday morning to set your lineups. So there's still a lot of information that we don't know. And again, always why I say these lineup questions Tuesday, Wednesday, unless the player's in a Thursday game, you're kind of wasting your time uh, because so much changes. And uh, you'll see that as we talk about it throughout the show today. You can also find a lot of my work on si.com slash fantasy. I have the Stockwatch article up there, our Sneaky Starts article as well. And of course, early in the week, the Waiver Wire article, so plenty of content and ways that you can check us out to help you win money. want to take a look at last night's game before we get into the news of the day. Patriots beat the Giants 35-14, and people were arguing with me a little bit. I got a little pushback on Twitter last night. Because I said that if you have Sony Michelle, this was a nightmare game, and it was right before the game was over, so he tacked on some yardage. But if you're an owner of Sony Michelle, I don't see how you take positives out of last night's game. And people are telling me, well, he had, you know, 86 rushing yards and 27 receiving yards and two catches. You know, he had over 100 yards. Okay, that's really what you want from Sony Michelle. That's what you drafted him for in an offense that you expected to produce a ton of points in a matchup where they were. 16 and a half point favorites at home against a bad defense. That's what you want. 12 points. Hey, good for you, man. I don't know how many championships you're winning with that, but I don't see how you could be satisfied with Sony Michelle. You basically were wiping sweat off your forehead and said, "Wow, survived that and got a double-digit points." But if he's not getting goal-line carries, what are we looking at here? He's barely involved in a pass game. And I know he's got five receptions the last two weeks. Is that a sign of things to come? Or was that because Rex Burkhead was out? When Rex Burkhead's been on the field this year, he's looked better than Sony Michelle, who averaged 3.9 yards per carry against the Giants defense. We saw earlier this year, he stunk against Miami. So I don't see how this is successful when you're watching Brandon Bolden, who had three carries in this game, get a rushing touchdown. You had Brandon Bolden the week before get one carry, and it went for a rushing touchdown. You had Tom Brady with two rushing touchdowns. So you had three opportunities near the goal line. Sony Michelle got zero. And you're happy as a Sony Michelle owner? Come on, guys. Come back to reality here. This was not a good game for Sony Michelle. 24 touches. You love that. That's great. But you need touchdowns from this guy. It is a good sign that he is involved more in the passing game. Again, I don't know if that is going to be something that continues. He has five receptions the last two weeks. But what happens when Burkett is back? And Sony Michel just doesn't look great. You know, you look at these numbers this year against these defenses. Uh, this is not what you wanted. You expected more. I mean, he had 21 for 83 against Miami? Against the Dolphins, who have been shredded by everyone. Against the Giants, 22 for 86. So... It has not been a good year for Sony Michel. I don't see how you're pleased as a Sony Michel owner, and I don't have him in any leagues. But I don't see how you can be happy with this with with this season, and especially last night. So there's definitely concern with him. I mean, these these past two weeks with no Burkett, you figured all right, it's going to be better for him, and it hasn't. So. I guess if you have him, you're going to continue to run him out there. But you figured of all nights, last night would have been a really good night for him. And he, to get at least one touchdown. If you would have gotten one touchdown, yeah, you could feel good about it. But none? And I know touchdowns are fickle from week to week. But he's got three touchdowns on the season. Three in six games. And barely involved in a passing game. I don't see how you're happy about that. Especially since your argument, if you took Sony Michel this year especially in a PPR format, your argument was he's going to score double-digit touchdowns. Look how good he was in the playoffs. He's going to get the goal line carries. Yeah, there'll be some weeks where he's the game flow doesn't go in their favor, although we haven't really seen it this year. That's the other thing, too. The game flow has been in their favor every single week. They've been blowing teams out. That's what you expect Sody Michelle to excel, and we're not seeing that. So what happens when they start playing competitive games, which is going to happen soon? I know they were down at halftime against the Redskins, but then they came out, blew them out in the second half. And last night, yes, it was 21-14 for a good portion, but we all knew they, they weren't going to win that game. The defense has clearly been bailed in them out, but what happens when these game scripts don't become favorable? What happens when they start to play better teams and they are playing from behind? That nullifies Sony Michel. He's not going to be out there. It'll be more James White and Burkett. So again... I just don't see how you can be pleased with what you saw from Sony Michelle last night from a fantasy perspective. You need touchdowns. The team put up 35 points. Yes, 14 was from defensive special teams. But my point is near the goal line and he's not getting the football. That is a problem, man. That is a problem. So I don't see how you were satisfied. Brady obviously bailed himself out with the two rushing touchdowns, 334 and interception. But I guess he had himself going in fantasy. He's like, I'm going to take the football and score. I mean, he had a quarterback sneak from the four, got to the one and then followed it up. Josh Gordon, obviously the big story from last night with the injury, man. One catch for seven yards. The knee injury doesn't appear that serious, but man, he has been absolutely frustrating this year. Another guy on this team who's been an absolute disappointment, yet to find the end zone this year. Julian Edelman did come through with nine for 113 on 15 targets. All right, when we come back, we'll return. We'll quickly look at the Giants and a big injury update on one of the top running backs in football. It's not looking good. Let you know what it is next. Full-time fantasy. It is Full-Time Fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Coming up at 3.40 p.m. Eastern, I'll be joined by Steve Renner from Full-Time DFS as we'll go over the DFS slate, the picks that you should put in your lineup for the upcoming weekend. And you can find all my work, FullTimeFantasy.com. Check out the Week 6 Deep Sleepers. They are up now on the site from myself. you got the Stockwatch, the Start Sits. And plenty of content as well on Sports Illustrated, si.com slash fantasy. I have my stock watch there as well as my week six sneaky starts. And uh, I think some more sneaky starts are going to start to pop up here over the next day or two. As uh looks like it's going to be a big week of injuries, especially last minute. And again, that's why you got to be careful setting those lineups and asking those questions early in the week. You know, again, we're here all the time to answer them, but... You know, a lot of times I'm being asked about players who I don't know if they're going to play. And uh, it's always best to kind of wait on making those decisions. Uh, and you're going to see why today when we start to talk about a lot of these injuries and some of the things that are popping up right now. Real quick, uh, on the Giants side from last night, you know, Daniel Jones obviously did not play very well, but you expected it uh, against New England's defense, which has just been ridiculous this year. Two more touchdowns, special teams touchdown, defensive touchdown. Uh, if you used Hilleman, you were desperate, and I was not a couple leagues. I didn't get him. I probably would have used him, but I knew it was going to be bad. 11 for 38 on the ground and 2 for minus 3 through the air. He also lost a fumble. Expects Saquon Barkley to be back next week, possibly Wayne Goldman as well. So Hilleman was a one-week play. And Golden Tate, at least he came through. Nine targets, 6 for 102 with a touchdown. Uh, he'll be a huge target for this team going forward, especially out of the slot. Uh, a lot's going to also depend on whether... Uh, Sterling Shepard is good to go, Evan Ingram. So that's something to keep an eye on for next week uh, as they do have a good matchup uh, ahead. Uh, But I think what we're keeping an eye on is uh, some news here regarding uh, one of the top running backs in fantasy football and in football across the board. And uh, that is Alvin Kamara, who was added to the injury report yesterday with an ankle issue. And anytime someone is added to the injury report late in the week, You have to take notice. It doesn't mean that they're going to be out, but there's definitely concern. And Mike Triplett, who covers the Saints, said Alma Kamara was absent from the portion of Friday's practice open to the media. So it doesn't mean he's out, but that's not a good sign. And Sean Payton declined to elaborate on Kamara and his status. So that's something you have to keep an eye on here to see if he plays. That would be a huge loss for fantasy owners. And Latavius Murray was also absent From the portion of Friday's practice open to the media. But Peyton did say Murray was not injury related. So Murray obviously would see a big role. If Kamara were to miss time here. As they go up against Jacksonville this week. So uh, this is not a good sign. And if you're a Kamara owner. You have to start to look for a possible replacement. Hopefully you have on your bench. And it's especially tough this late in the week. With waivers already running. Although I thought this was a really bad week for waivers. Even in... Moderate size leagues. Uh, it was not there was not much on the waiver wire this week. It was a tough week. So when this happens at this point, uh, it can be difficult. And already looked at the waiver wire in a couple of high stakes leagues for tonight at running back. You're not going to find anything. There's really nothing there. If you do find something, you're pretty fortunate. Most of those running backs who are there are barely going to be involved. And Latavius Murray is owned pretty much in uh, almost every league. Uh, But there could be some leagues out there where people are listening, where Latavius Murray is available, and uh, maybe you can go pick him up right now just in case Kamara doesn't go. Then you got Murray in a uh, pretty good spot uh, in this offense. Uh, David Johnson is the other player that we're watching, and uh, there was a picture of David Johnson going through stretches and receiver drills during the open portion of Cardinals practice. So that's a pretty good sign, and – now I was ready to play Chase Edmonds in a couple leagues, and it doesn't mean that David Johnson is automatically going to play. It's certainly a good sign to see him out there on the practice field today, but uh, definitely something to keep an eye on. Let's go to uh, Keith from Chicago. He's on the line. Keith, what's going on?
7: Hey, hey, what's going on?
1: Nah, everything's good, man. Just uh, trying to sort through all this news and uh, get ready to adjust lineups on Sunday, as everyone is. What's going on?
7: Well, I uh, I'm I'm sitting pretty. I'm in a 12-team non-PPR, so I'm sitting pretty good in my league. And I've got a depth question for you. Um, Frank Gore is sitting on the waiver wire in my league, and I'm sitting currently now with uh, Gordon Jones and um, Mixon are my three running backs, and then I have Benny Snell on the bench. But then I have Gallup, Godwin, Johnson, Jeffrey, and Metcalf as my wide receivers and I'm wondering if there's somebody in that mix that makes sense to drop and pick up Gore um, just for a filler position. I picked up Snell because with Samuel being out with the injury for a month or so and Connor never really showing he can stay healthy. I like the idea of keeping Snell and with Singletary coming back after the bye, what's the real value in Gore compared to what I currently have?
1: I think Gore has more value than Snell right now because I agree I love Singletary, but I think Gore is still going to be getting touches in this offense. I don't know if they're ready to shift completely to Singletary. I hope they do. I mean, clearly on a per-play basis, he's been better, but I still think Gore is going to be involved in this offense. Uh, I don't think you need Snell on this roster I, I I know what you're saying, but we saw Connor get a huge workload last week and Jalen Samuels wasn't involved. So I think Snell is really just depth in deep formats. Uh, and if he's your fourth running back, I don't think you want that because with your fourth – I don't, I don't know if you have a limitation on running backs or these are short rosters. Don't. Okay, yeah, I mean, I don't want Snell as my fourth running back because you can't start him right now. You know, if you – in emergency next week, you had to start a running back. Are you starting Gore or Snell? I think it's Gore, clearly. So I'd rather have him. And again, I don't love Gore. I don't think there's a huge upside, but he still has a role in this offense and he will get opportunities to score touchdowns. Where Snell, you're banking on an injury. And even so, I don't think he's that good. I mean, yes, volume matters in fantasy. Uh, we'll see if Mason Rudolph plays, uh, but the situation there with that offense is not great. So I'd rather have Gore, but, you know, I'd also like to get maybe a. Uh, you know, especially Latavius Murray, if he's out there. I don't know if he is, so I might even look for a different. one
7: Yeah. Let yeah. me ask you this question. I'm streaming. Um, I'm streaming Disley and Mark Andrews as my tight ends. Um, I, I like the idea of streaming those, especially with Andrews and, with his ankle and coming on a bye soon. Would you drop either one of those? No, two? no, no, no. You can't. I would either. Okay.
1: You can't drop yeah. either of those two. If you decide you want to roll with one. Then it's a trade. Like, yeah, there's a lot of teams hurting at tight end, so yeah, maybe, you know, maybe you could do that. You know what? Maybe you can uh, see if there's someone that wants a tight end. Uh, I know it's a, you know, you feel a little risky just rolling with one, depending on the league. But I think Andrews and Disley have kind of shown that they are pretty much reliable, especially when you look at that position. Uh, they're pretty much top seven, top eight tight ends every week. So worst case scenario is you could. Go to the roster grid, see who needs a tight end. There's got to be at least one, two, three teams in the league. And maybe you can get a, a running back. Maybe you can get Tevin Coleman or Matt Breida. Again, I know those guys are not, there's kind of splitting, but it's a really good run offense. And maybe you can get one of those guys as your fourth running back and bolster your team. Uh, But I understand having the two tight ends. Uh, It'll be a tough decision though from week to week. You're gonna feel like you're leaving some points on the bench, but it is good insurance because, like you said, Andrews has been big banged up with his foot. He had the shoulder issue. It looks like he's gonna play, Uh, but it is kind of nice to have both just in case something happens. Uh, But yeah, I would. uh, You know, it looks like a very solid team, and it's just kind of getting another running back, which is which is very difficult at this point as you know.
7: Yeah, no and and uh I actually was trying to trade Andrews. I'm actually a bigger fan of Disley long-term than Andrews, but um uh none of the guys seem to be wanting helping wanting to help me where my team's doing pretty good. So, um <laughs> The, the willingness to do fair trades isn't there right now for me, considering uh, where I'm at.
1: Yeah, and that's the wrong mindset for the rest of the league to have. It's the stupidest thing in the world. You always, I always worry about my team. And if I can get a tight end from you, I don't care if I'm making your team better. I mean, and people listening who do this, they need to understand... It should be about your team. You cannot worry about the number one seed, and that can happen. If there's a guy in the league who is pretty good pretty much every year, people don't want to see them win. And I kind of face that in home leagues because people know what I do, and they don't want me to win. But you can't worry about it like that. The goal is always to improve your team. You cannot stress what other teams are doing. So I hope people who are are like that and have that mindset uh, get rid of it. All right, when we come back, a lot more injury news. We'll get to it next here on Full-Time Fantasy. It is Full Time Fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Friday afternoon, getting you set for Week 6. Head on over to FullTimeFantasy.com and check out our Week 6 projections, as well as my Week 6 Deep Sleeper article, which looks like it's uh, becoming more relevant with everything that is breaking here with a lot of injury news. Get in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook, where listeners of this show can get a deposit bonus up to $500. Here's how it works. Create a DraftKings Sportsbook account, make a deposit, place your first bet, and DraftKings will match it with a 50% bonus up to $500. This offer is eligible for all users, plus new users will get a risk-free bet of up to $200. Just go to sportsgrid.com DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com slash DK gambling problems call 1-800-GAMBLER 21 and over New Jersey only eligibility restrictions apply see website for details one area where we're watching for injuries is Kansas City Tyreek Hill is a game time decision according to coach Andy Reid he said that Hill worked with the scout team this week and a little bit with the offense so there could be limited at snaps. So we talked about it a little bit in the first hour. If you missed it, you could check it out on demand. But I think it's really difficult to sit Tyreek Hill if he's active because he is the type of player where one play can make your day. He can go for a 60-yard touchdown. This is a game with a 55-point projected total with the Chiefs and the Texans. I do expect it to be high scoring. So, with Tyreek Hill, it's really going to come down to what you have. I got to think, though, in most leagues, you don't have many better options than Tyreek Hill. So I would keep an eye on this. Again, I'm not making a firm decision today. I do have Tyreek Hill in, I think, two leagues. One's be- One is a best ball, so that's the Razz Bowl, uh, where I'm doing well. So I don't have to worry about that. But I do have him in another league, and uh, I'm likely going to start him if he's active. But every situation is different and that's where we can help you out on full-time fantasy on the message boards and forums. So if you have a ton of good receivers, you know, maybe you don't need to play them, you know, especially with some players that were drafted late or taken off waivers that have become fixtures in your lineup. Maybe you're in a position where you don't have to start Tyree kill, but for me in general, if he's active, even on limited snaps, I think I'd play him, but we have to see how it goes through the weekend and see what the reports are, uh, I just have to think that if he's out there and playing well, and there's no pain, that and it's a competitive game, that they roll him out there. You know, sometimes you see that there's reports of limited snaps. Guy goes out there, he's fine, and they go, all right, let him roll. So I would keep an eye on that. The other thing for the Chiefs is Sammy Watkins is doubtful with his hamstring injury. He's not going to play. If it's doubtful, he's not going to play. He hasn't practiced all week. You know, he had the issue pop up last Friday, played one or two snaps, and was done. So. Uh, Byron Pringle, I think will see a boost, especially if Hill's inactive. So Pringle's very cheap. As we mentioned, uh, he was in the waiver wire article this week and I said, it might be a one week play, but there are some people that need a one week play. Trust me when you're in a deep format and then especially the high stakes format, there are weeks where you really just need someone to fill in for that spot for the week. So Pringle to me is in play. And he did go for an absurd amount of money this week. There wasn't really a ton of money spent. Uh, and uh, I think he's uh, in a good spot this week. And, of course, Demarcus Robinson, McCole Hardman, always in play as well. Uh, but we got to see what happens with uh, Tyreek Hill and, well, Sammy Watkins I expect to be out. We got to see what happens with Tyreek Hill. Let's go back to the phone lines. We got Holly from New Jersey. What's going on, Holly? Hey, what's
8: going on? Hi, Ben. How's everything?
1: Everything's good.
8: Uh, uh... Me, not so good in fantasy. I'm sitting 1-4 uh, desperately need a win this week. And um, QB question, I don't know who to go with, uh, Winston or Rivers?
1: Yeah, I'm going with Winston this week. Uh, I know he was a little shaky at Carolina the first time. He actually played, I thought, pretty well. It was They ran the ball quite effectively in that game and played with the lead. I think it'll be different this time around. You know, Carolina was really good against the pass until last week. They gave up 374 passing yards. So there's already talk about him needing to get the ball to Mike Evans. Godwin's been a stud. So uh, I like Winston in the game this week. Rivers has been very erratic. Uh, They've had some injuries at receiver. And Pittsburgh's not a bad defense. So uh, I would go with Winston. And, yeah, if you're 1-4, and it's not over. You know that. You get a win this week and you piece things together. So uh, are you getting a lot of points at least? Or are you struggling to get points?
8: No, I'm struggling to get points too because I mean my team uh, I believe is pretty solid, but they've been underperforming. Um, you know, a lot of court, uh, injuries. I did have Cam, but I ended up dropping him because I desperately needed a win. However, I lost three straight. So Bell, you know, he he's been kind of like pulling it together. Oh, so. Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I got I got yeah. I got a squad. I got Bell, Carson, uh, Beckham, Fitzgerald, uh, Gordon. Um, who just came back, so, you know, a little suspect with him. I got D.D. Westbrook, Zach Ertz. Um,
1: been that's, playing not a a, wire. that's not a bad team. Obviously, you've had some bad luck with Beckham having the down games, Le'Veon Bell without Sam Darnold. I think Bell obviously sees a big boost with Sam Darnold back, so I think it will get better. I expect Beckham to bounce back. You know, everyone's down on him now. I think he could have a big week. So is this a 10- or a 12-team league?
8: This is a 10-team lead. also have uh, Allen Robinson, but, you know, he's on a bodice.
1: Weekend. Yeah, I love Allen Robinson. He has looked tremendous yeah, this year. I
8: know. I yeah, know.
1: no, with that team, see, you know, oftentimes I'll be like, oh, yeah, that is a 1-4 team. I don't get that with you. Uh, it seems like, you obviously, you've had some bad luck. You know, Beckham the last two weeks has really hurt. Uh, Bell has been hurt by the offense. It doesn't generate as many scoring opportunities, but with Sam Darnold back, Uh, I feel good about Bell going forward, especially since he's getting a huge amount of volume. So, I think uh, you're not that far away. You know, there's plenty of times I hear one in four teams, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty bad. And obviously, in ten-team leagues, a lot of teams sound good because you know there's a lot of depth to go around. But yeah, I think you can turn this around easily. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if you go on a three-game winning streak and all of a sudden you're sitting at four and three and you're right back in the playoff hunt. So I would not give up. Hang in there and just keep working uh, the waiver wire.
8: Yeah, if I could one more question, sure. uh, just your opinion. Um, I'm not I, like you said, Rivers is shaky. I don't know how I feel about him the rest of the season, but I, if I if I know I'm going to play Jameis Winston, I was thinking about going out there to pick up Josh Allen for uh, next week and dropping Rivers for him. To play him for next week because
1: I think he come back against Miami or yeah, I? Yeah, yeah. Winston's on a bye next week because they're in London. So yes, you will need a quarterback next week. I have not seen what the matchup is for Rivers, but yeah, Josh Allen against Miami, especially with his floor and ability to run, uh, that's a that's a really nice uh, you know. A quarterback to get uh, ahead of time, so yeah, I think he's in a really good spot next week against Miami. As we have seen, pretty much everyone this year. I mean, they will run the ball out, but Josh Allen can run too. So, yeah, I think that's a, not a bad play at all. And the Chargers next week, they are in Tennessee. Not a good matchup. So, yeah, I would make that move.
8: Okay. All right. Cool. Thank you so much. Have
1: no problem. Good, good luck the rest of the way. Yeah, and you know that's a that's a good example. I've said it all the time. You know, you could be one and four. You can't give up, and sometimes the team just doesn't produce the first few weeks, and you have a few players that are struggling. Uh, there's a lot of good names in there that I expect to turn it around, like D.D. Westbrook this week. Again, I, I, I think Beckham bounces back, man. It's just hard to see Beckham going two for 20 again. And he even said, put the ball in my hands and let's see what happens. So you went out, you traded for him. They got to get him involved in the offense, and it's a good matchup this week against Seattle at home. I, I think the Browns bounce back. So even when you're one and four, I mean, even if you're zero and five, man, just don't give up. Even if you feel like, oh, it doesn't happen, and just at least set your lineup. You owe it to the rest of the league. Too many people quit, and uh, I hate that. You know, should never quit at anything. You made a commitment to join the league. I don't care if you're in fifteen. I don't care if you're in ten. You decided to do that, so don't quit on the rest of the league. You know, I have a couple of teams that I know, yeah, they're in trouble. They're probably not going to do anything. I'm going to sell my lineup every week. I'm going to work waivers. Maybe I'm not as focused on them. I don't want to use that word. I'm not going to invest as much time in them, but I'm going to make sure I don't have an injured player in my lineup. I will not have a bye week player in my lineup. That never happens. So... Uh, Make sure you do that. Deshaun Jackson officially ruled out. Not a surprise here. We don't know when he's going to be back. It could be anywhere from week seven to week nine. And it's affected the offense. You know, without that t- uh, deep passing game, you know, it, you could see the passing game struggling. and They've been relying on the run a little bit. Vernon Davis has been ruled out with a concussion. I think some people maybe expected him to be back this week. It's not going to happen against Miami. He certainly might have been in play. Uh, Had he had been active, uh, but that's not going to be the case this week. Mark Andrews is listed as questionable with that shoulder issue. It's not the foot. He landed hard on it during the game. He stayed down for a little bit, but he did come back in. He did put in a full practice today. So nothing to worry about. I don't think Uh, at least I have Andrews. Uh, I'm playing him and uh, could be a, a boost for him this week because uh, looks like Hollywood Brown is going to be a game-time decision. And he did not practice uh, today. You know, We've seen in the past that Hollywood Brown usually doesn't practice Wednesday and Thursday, but he was not uh, practiced today. So he has a game-time decision. Uh, and it could be uh, this is the week he finally misses. Uh, and that would mean maybe Miles Boykin, Willie Sneed come and play. The problem is, I just think the Ravens run the ball a ton here against the Bengals. They have been getting gashed by the run, which is why I do think Gus Edwards is in play as a deep sleeper this week. Uh, It also is good for Mark Andrews. More targets for him, but I guess Willie Sneed, uh, if you're really hurting at receiver, uh, could be uh, a potential Uh, Deep sleeper this week. If you are really hurting at receiver, he's probably on the waiver wire. Uh, That's if Hollywood Brown does sit, but it is trending in the direction that potentially he misses this game. He came back from that ankle issue and looked fine in the game, which is a little surprising, but we know how things can change and it swells up. Uh, Devontae Adams unlikely to play on Monday night with this turf toe. And uh, the comments he made did not sound promising. He said he needs to be 100% before he comes back and he doesn't feel great right now. So don't even bother waiting around until Monday night because it sounds like he's not going to go and he could miss more than this week as well. Uh, and Albert Wilson listed as questionable with a hip injury. I, I, he could be intriguing when he returns. When we return, we're going to go over the DFS slate. Steve Renner, full time DFS, joins me next to break it down here on Full Time Fantasy.
3: and what's next. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: time fantasy on the fantasy sports radio network. Adam of to a 4 p.m. Eastern on a Friday afternoon and lots of news coming in now. Rams running back Todd Gurley is listed as doubtful. So look for Malcolm Brown to play a big role. Maybe we finally see a little Darrell Henderson as well. But to look at this slate from a DFS perspective, we bring in Steve Renner from Full-Time DFS. Steve, it's busy afternoon. It's going to be a busy weekend. I know you also play NHL DFS, so let people know what's going on at Full-Time DFS right now.
4: Yeah, our NHL guy, Rob x has been crushing hockey to start the season, and we've got a, got a short slate tonight but a big one tomorrow, so definitely get in there. We We teach you not only who to play but how to play hockey as well. And then college football, we're – all over the Red River Shootout game tomorrow, which should be exciting. And then leading into Sunday, so content every day, multiple sports. Uh, get over there and, and get signed up for for the action. And we got basketball right around the corner too, which you know makes you happy.
1: Yeah, it does. I can't wait, man. I'm I'm not ready for it to be honest. Uh, I have a draft next week, and I really need to get crack in here and, and do some more prep. That's the one thing I'm sure you deal with. Like hockey too, it, it starts even earlier. And I know you do yeah. MLB DFS and NFL. I mean. I, it's so tough, man. Like, everything merges together.
4: It is, it is. And that's, you know, honestly, I got to rely upon uh, my counterparts at the full time to help out with some of the things. And, you know, I lean on Rob heavily for, for the hockey early on. But, you know, baseball, I can, baseball playoffs at least is more kind of a gut feel on things. I had a gut feeling that, that the Nationals will win. So I, I capitalized on that. But my advice on basketball, um, I, I defer to, you know, guys like you and Chris Rose and Fantasy on all that sort of stuff. But, I'm just going to play whoever's going up against my Wizards because they're going to be horrific on defense this year. So that—that's all my basketball knowledge for now.
1: Yeah, and Brad, Bradley Beal will be uh have a high usage rate. Uh, Thomas Bryant yep. this looked good in the preseason too. So, but let's talk some football. You know, on a weekend like this, okay, we have a lot of game time decisions. We have a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. Players showing up late on the injury report. How do you deal with constructing your lineup? Do you just say, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to wait till Saturday night, Sunday morning," or do you still put things in and then change it? Like, what's the advice for people who are constructing DFS lineups with all these injuries and news?
4: Yeah. So the first thing I do is I look at. You still go through your full analysis as if everybody is playing. I, I would assume. Go ahead and assume that people are going to be in, unless you think somebody is almost definitely out, like like we have Gurley. And decide on if if they're on your radar or not, or, or how you want to handle the situation that they're going to go through there. So if there's a, for example, if there's a player, uh, let's take David Johnson out in in Arizona this week. If, if and he's got a good matchup against Atlanta, because a lot of times we we'll like to target them with running backs. But if if he wasn't on your radar, and then all of a sudden he's ruled out, I wouldn't let that change where you then go to like an Edmonds or somebody else in that situation. Your entire roster construction. So You want to have identified. Who are the guys that you're already looking at based upon the matchups and the situations and then determine where your pivot is going to be so that when you get to Sunday, you know, if if a lot of this news changes, if it doesn't impact what you were already looking at, don't adjust because of it. Because I think that the biggest problem people have is it's like, okay, well, now I just opened up three thousand dollars in savings that I wasn't expecting before. So, you know what, now I'm going to go spend up at a position and maybe you take like a, a guy like an Austin Hooper and you upgrade him just because you think you need to upgrade him. And, and so that's the biggest thing is don't get in a position where you're shocked by the, the change and it, and it changes your whole build.
1: Looking at the quarterback position this week, do you see this being a week where you can pay up for the top options with Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, or you don't like that this week?
4: Uh, I like it on – I'm fine with it on DraftKings, and, and it specifically is Mahomes. You know, one thing I look at is when you – know, let's take the, the Houston game from last week, right? When you have a blowout, the team that blows out typically isn't as good as they were in the blowout. And the team that got blown out, they're not always as bad as, as they may have looked. And so I think with Watson here, the the initial instinct was, all right, Watson, Mahomes, Chiefs are going to bounce back off their loss. Watson just threw five touchdowns. It looked great. It's going to be a shootout. I don't expect it as much because I think Houston has to come in and try to run the ball a lot and slow this down. Um, but I do like Mahomes to bounce back, but not for $9,000 on San Diego. It just doesn't justify it. Whereas on DraftKings, there's a lot of value at running back. You don't have a McCaffrey. Kamara isn't in the, the best spot ever, plus he is a little bit banged up. And so, you know, Dalvin Cook's kind of great, but you're probably not paying up for running back is is the big thing this week. So you can afford to pay up a little bit of quarterback, if I'm doing it, it's Mahomes, but to be honest with you, the more and more that I get through today and kind of looking at the game, I'm really leaning towards just fading it all together. It's the highest total on the board, and this is a week where you we only have 10 games, and so and, and to me, that's a big deal in DFS where you have uh, less games, and all the chalk is really going go to go to two of the games, this one and the one in, in Arizona. It's a good spot to really look at fading, and the, the easiest position for me to, to do the fade on as quarterback. That said, Patrick Mahomes is, I mean, he, aside from last week, he, he's pretty much a, a 20 to 25 point floor every single week, so he'd be the guy to pay up for But um I, I think you really got to decide on, on Matt Ryan. He's got a lot of passing options, really good bounce back to five going into Arizona, who's been um, just bad defensively. They pay at a fast pace. And the, the nice thing about Ryan is he's got. Three receivers playing well, and he's got a tight end, and he's relying upon a lot as well. So he's got plenty of options to, to pick from. Uh, but the game that I really like, and someone in the high price range that's going overlooked, is Russell Wilson um, going up against the Browns. And you know, I love Cleveland to to bounce back this week, and I always like the teams coming off the Thursday night game from the week before. And Seattle has looked good. The only hesitation that I do have in this game is: Do we see Seattle? try to do what San Francisco did and just run the ball a ton uh, but oh it's the Seattle they'll, they'll do that
1: year. it's Seattle they'll do
4: that yeah it's a matter know, of but the way Wilson the way the Wilson's been playing this year it's hard for him not to put up a really good game there
1: no it's true I mean look I would love to see Russell Wilson unleashed man I mean what he what he does on a week-to-week basis with the he had 23 pass attempts last week and had four touchdowns and we see this year after year mm-hmm. and he still gets 35 touchdowns it's amazing I think if, you know, like you said, Russell Wilson comes through in any spot, but the ideal scenario is for Cleveland to open up a 14 nothing league, so they're forced
4: to have Agreed. Russell Wilson throw. Agreed. Not only that, but Cleveland can get a pretty good pass rush at, at times, and so I, I could see them being a little undisciplined and letting Wilson kind of leak out and be able to use his legs here, too, so he, he's the guy that I would pay up for, aside from Mahomes or, or Matt Ryan, but... The other side of the game, I love Cleveland. You know, if you want the cheap quarterback this week, I, I think you got to look at Baker Mayfield because he's going to be feeding the ball to back on a time.
1: And he's very cheap. No one's going to play him, I can tell you that. So he's the cheap quarterback Agreed. you like over Kirk Cousins, correct? Yes.
4: Yeah. Uh, Cousins two weeks in a row. No, thank you. <laughs> All
1: right. Uh, talking to Steve Renner full time. DFS, uh, running back, like you said, interesting week. No McCaffrey. Zeke is 85 on DK. Cook at 8,400. We know the Eagles are good against the run. Kamara with the, this ankle issue, uh, not at the open portion of media practice today. And Sean Payton didn't elaborate on He's AK. Would you pay up for any of these running backs this week?
4: Zeke is the one I would pay up for. Um, and I got a nugget on, on Dalvin Cook as well. But, you know, Zeke, the, the one concern I have with, with Zeke, And I was high on him last week, and it obviously didn't come through because he had a down game. And, and of course, McCaffrey had just, you know, an insane game against Jacksonville. But my problem with Zeke is when I watch Dallas, I I look at him and say, all right, well, he should be game flow proof. Because even if they're trailing, he's still one of the best options. But Dak just won't check down to him for whatever reason, from my perception. And... I look at someone like Zeke, and I say he should still be catching the ball five or six times a game when they're trailing. And he didn't get that last week against Green Bay. Even in a spot where it felt like every time Dak dropped back, they were like, oh, my God, something bad is going to happen. So Zeke is the one that I, I think you can still kind of take, take a risk on there and if you're going to pay up for. I don't love the, the spot that he's in. I actually think the Jets are going to play really up to the to the Cowboys this week. But you're right, it's not a good spot to pay up for. Uh, Dalvin Cook, though, uh, to that same point, if you play him, do it on DraftKings because the Eagles, teams that are going up against the Eagles, they obviously like to pass against them, but they're really targeting the running backs a lot more. We saw what left Bell last week against them with seen in the passes of other running backs. Dalvin Cook, to me, is going to catch six or seven balls this week from Cousins. Uh, I think that's the only path that they have in that game is to get him the ball as much as they can, and Philly's really good against the run. So if he gets anything, it's as a receiver, but... The the top guy this week has to be Mark Ingram Uh, going up against Cincinnati at home. You've got a situation where I think Hollywood Brown is going to finally sit, which what that does is that takes away their big play touchdown threat. So yeah, they might still air it out at times, but it's not going to be for the home run play. And I think that really plays into your top running back is Mark Ingram. The other guy that I'm curious uh, your take on is Le'Veon Bell because I feel like if this game was last week, nobody would be talking about Bell against the Cowboys. But now because we saw Aaron Jones score four times, it's almost like everyone's flowing to Bell. And I like him this week. I think it's a good spot. Like I said, the Jets are going to play well. But he seems to be a little bit too popular for, um, for the matchup against the Cowboys there.
1: Yeah, if he's gonna be popular, I probably wouldn't. I, I do think obviously he gets a boost with Sam Darnold at quarterback and like you said, people right. remember Aaron Jones just running all over Dallas, so they're gonna expect that from Bell. You know, with Bell, you know you're gonna get the big workload. I mean, he's been productive, not great for fantasy. He's not winning you any tournaments in recent weeks, and that's because he hasn't been able to find the end zone. Uh, but he has a much right. better shot this week. Uh but yeah, I mean sixty four hundred
4: with his workload, uh, when you look at some exactly. of the other running backs. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Uh, any other cheap running backs that you like this week?
4: Uh, well, there are a couple cheap. But the other one, mid-range, right there is don't forget about Derrick Henry. He's. I, I would say my three favorite guys this week are, are Ingram, Le'Veon, and Derrick Henry. The Titans are. They're almost so unpredictable that they've become predictable. Where they're good, then they're bad, then they're good, then they're bad, and, and Demers been bad uh, against the run, especially at home. But cheap running backs. Uh, there's really three. Carlos Hyde. Came through, he has to score a touchdown for that value because he, he doesn't catch many balls there. He's, he's cheap on, on draftings at 4,400. Uh, Adrian Peterson for 4,500, I I hate to say it, but I'm buying in this week. Uh, I'm buying in that they are going to give him the ball a ton against Miami. He's in a really good spot. And I think you got to look at Latavius Murray. And it's not so much Kamara. I don't think he's really banged up. But I just look at the game for the Saints as being run the ball a ton, don't let Teddy... Make a mistake here. He had a good game last week. Just play kind of conservative. Get in, get out, win with your defense. And Latavius Murray for 3,700. You're going to see his volume go up. It went up last week in a bad matchup. Now he's got a good matchup this week. He's almost a steal over there on DraftKings.
1: Who are some of the receivers you like this week?
4: I love Odell Beckham. And I'm not usually an Odell Beckham guy, but it is setting up perfectly for them to... Feed him the ball as much as they can before he completely blows up on the team. And it's a good matchup against that Seattle secondary. They, they haven't had success really against anybody's number one receiver this year. So I love Beckham. Don't be afraid to pull the trigger on him. Uh, obviously, if you're talking the studs, Hopkins to me is better than Julio because the, the Falcons just have too many other passing options right now. And Julio seems to be on the sidelines hurt too much. Um, I'm not on Michael Thomas in this matchup with with Ramsey coming back uh, just because I think the Saints are going to run. So Hopkins is your top one. Kavari Cooper has been great all year as well. But for me, Beckham is number one. And then the Rams situation is interesting. I mentioned teams coming off the Thursday night have been really good. This is a big game for the Rams against the Niners to kind of say, hey, we're we're still the the big dog in this division. And with no Gurley, you got Cooks banged up. Golf's going to have to throw somebody, and everybody knows Cooper Cup, but don't overlook Robert Woods. I think for his price on, on DK, he's an easy guy to get 3X, and if he scores, that'll be 4X this week.
1: Yeah, that's funny. I went on another podcast today, and I gave Robert Woods as one of my guys. Uh, who do you like at tight end? Real? <laughs> we got less than a minute. Who do you like at tight end?
4: It's Kelsey and Hooper. Don't, don't look beyond those two guys. Kelsey, Hooper. If you want to be sneaky, it's Zach Ertz, but Kelsey's the guy this week. I think with Hill coming back, he's going to be the stud. And everybody knows Hooper tight ends against the Falcons. It's um or excuse me against the Cardinals it, it's been a thing this year. So lock in the, one of those two.
1: I said the same thing, but I did have Kittle in there too. I do like Kittle at fifty two hundred, but I agree. This not is not bad. Like it as well. This yeah. is a week you pay for tight end. Don't go cheap. Steve Renner agreed. You can check out all his work. Full time DFS. Thanks, Steve. Good luck this weekend. You too, Adam. All right, we'll come back. We'll wrap it up. A little news on Hunter Henry. Will he play? We'll let you know next here. Full time fantasy. Back here it is, full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And this is going to be a very, very difficult weekend to navigate as far as setting your fantasy football lineup. You're probably not going to be able to finalize things until Sunday morning. We have a lot of injury news going on, a lot of game time decisions. So it's going to be tricky. News here, though, on Hunter Henry. He is questionable for this week's game. This is a Sunday night game. I don't think you can wait around for Hunter Henry, but it does sound like he could play. He was putting in a full practice today, although head coach Anthony Lynn did say Henry would be limited in his first game back if active. So I think the key is here. He could be available on the waiver wire. There was a league where I did draft him. We have one IR spot, but I also had Tyreek Hill and a ton of other injuries, so I couldn't hold on to him. Uh, I had to cut him, and I wound up picking up Will Disley, which has worked out. So Hunter Henry actually could be out there. I did see him picked up in a, in a league or two over the last week or so, but it looks like he is very, very close to a return with the possibility of suiting up Sunday night. I don't see how you can play him this week, though, unless you are really desperate at tight end, and maybe you have maybe you have Henry Hawkinson. Even so, I don't think so. Hawkinson is Monday night. It sounds like he is going to go. Um Traquan Smith has been ruled out for the Saints. Not that many people were even rostering him. Alvin Kamara is listed as questionable right now. So, obviously, if he is out, uh you would definitely see a boost for Latavius Murray, for sure. Even though Jacksonville, uh, you know, they haven't been great against the run. They haven't been as dominant. Jalen Ramsey is expected to play here. And Todd Gurley listed as doubtful. So if Malcolm Brown is on your waiver wire, go get him right now. Obviously, tough matchup against this 49ers defense, but they haven't been really tested yet. And uh, Malcolm Brown should be in line for 15 touches, certainly, an opportunity to score some touchdowns as well. Uh, Darrell Henderson, more of a risk. I'd characterize him more as a deep sleeper, uh, but I don't know how much he's going to be used. They really haven't been enthralled with him, so it's more of a Malcolm Brown week this week for the Rams. But make sure you head on over to FullTimeFantasy.com this weekend. We will answer those questions on the message boards and forums. It will be a busy Sunday morning. We are there for you, and I'll be back Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.